Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone. Welcome. This is such um, a passion for me to, to do this show for you over countries around the world that are in every different time zone. People listen throughout the day. I love nothing better than to hear from you what you think of my guests or your businesses. So please don't forget to reach out to me. You can tweet at the Laura or email me Laura at laurasteward.com. This is such a joy for me. And um, we have somebody listening to the show today that really um, has become such a, a their organizations become so dear to me as have the people in it. Right after my mom passed away, they had invited me to speak and they welcomed me with such love. It was so beautiful. Um, and listening on the show today is Alexis Paradouf, the the head of ISACA South Florida. Um, and I just want to say thank you so much for listening, guys, and for everything that you do to help the world be safer when it comes to cybersecurity and technology. And today on the show, I've got somebody that is... A dear, dear friend that I met, uh, gosh, I don't even know how many years ago now. But what he doesn't know is that three years ago, he was the very first guest on my show the first week of my show. And we are celebrating the anniversary of that today. So it's so great to have Bob Berg back on my show today, uh, three years basically to the week that um, he agreed to be the very, very first guest on It's All About the Questions. And he is the author of The Go-Giver with John David Mann, The Go-Giver, Go-Giver Sell More, Go-Giver Leader, and now about to release next week, The Go-Giver Influencer. He is one of those people that if you have never heard of him prior to this, you need to go Google him and subscribe to his website and just listen intently if you are driving the car pull over because you're one going to take notes on this show so please welcome bob berg bob thank you for being here happy anniversary <laughs> to you <laughs> hey laura how are you uh, I no i did not know that i i figured you didn't i thought about telling you in advance and then i said no i'm just gonna just throw that out there today because it's it's I realized it and i went wow this is so cool that bob's <laughs> back on the show on this particular day and you've been on in between that. Yeah, but, yeah, a couple times. But to be able to, on my anniversary show, launch your latest book, The Go-Giver Influencer, a little story about a pers- most pervasive idea, persuasive idea, pervasive too, anybody that reads it, because it's just going to wiggle in there and change the world, is um, such an honor for me. Well, the, the honor's mine. Thank you. And uh, yeah, John David Mann, my amazing co-author, he and I are very excited about this one. Yeah, and I, I know why. I've read this book multiple times so far. I was, had the honor of getting an advanced copy of it. And, you know, you touch such a chord with the first book, The Go-Giver. There's over, I think, 700,000 copies in print around the world, if not more by this point. And, and then you continued it in Go-Giver Sell More and The Go-Giver Leader. Each book seemed to show us a part of each of you. You and John, I felt like I got to know who you are as people, but this latest release, The Go-Giver Influencer, feels like a culmination of your lives. Your opus gloria, as uh, if I may say that, you know, your legacy. Why this book now? 
Oh, wow. You know, that is such a great question. And, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate what you said, because I, I think over the last 10 years since the, the first book came out, and John and I have been working together, and, you know, John has really become uh, really more like a brother. Uh, to me, we, we when we first uh, collaborated on this book, he was my editor of a. He was the editor in chief of a magazine I used to write for, so I knew him only very much on a surface level. Um, but he was always so, first of all, he was just great at what he did. <laughs> you know, he had a very small niche at the time of people who knew his brilliance. Now you go into a bookstore and, you, and, and there's probably you know five or ten books at any time that he's either co-authored or ghostwritten that are on the New York Times bestseller list. Everyone wants John writing their, you know, their, their book with them. Um, but he was always so kind and humble. And, and uh, when we took on this project together, we, you know, got to be friends, but he, he's really become more like a brother. And I think we've both grown in terms of, you know, obviously, yeah, well, in life, you keep growing, right? And you keep learning new things and so forth. And uh, we felt the timing, you know, influence has always been a part of all the Go-Giver books. And the first one, it was, there was the law of influence, which was one law. Uh, the go-giver leader was about you know leadership and influence, and as John Maxwell has often said, leadership is influence, right? Nothing more, nothing less. But then we felt at this time, with everything we've learned since, and the way things have sort of gone in the country over the, the, the over that time since the the book first came out, in which we were in the middle of a a uh, massive uh, market correction, let's say. Um, there's been a lot of communication, let's say, between people online, offline, pretty much everywhere, that has been filled with, unfortunately, a lot of vitriol and insults and accusations. It's almost as though you, you people don't just disagree anymore. It's almost as if you're not on my side. If you don't agree with me, then not only are you wrong, but you're evil, right? And you have bad intent. And, and that's sort of how things have, have really progressed in this country. And uh, we really, we're not comfortable with that. And we, we believe there's a better way. And with the experiences that both of us have had uh, in terms of communications, and uh, we both came from you know, families where we're blessed with great parents who were wonderful communicators, and uh, we thought it was time to now kind of take this and put it out there for the world. It feels, and, and I know how long it takes to write a book, right? But it feels sort of almost ordained that the book came out at the moment it came out when the world so desperately needs a book like this to help us figure out how to navigate and hold ourselves in alignment with our own beliefs and values at the same time. Yeah, I mean, one thing people have been saying about this is that the timing is right. We keep hearing that over and over again, which I think says more about what's happening in the world right now than, than necessarily even with the book itself, because there, you know, there is. We see it all the time. You just you, you can't get a, away from it. You know, follow, you know, it's sort of like this, Laura. If you've ever seen on, on Twitter, you and I are both connect, are connected on, on Twitter and Facebook, probably some of the other social media. I don't, yes, we I are. Don't know. <laughs> um, you and I are connected everywhere, so yeah. you know, radio and in person. So, I, and in person, yeah. I remember. Best buds. I remember. I got a drive by hugging a few months back. <laughs> that's right. That's right. 
Um, and I appreciate, as I recall, I got a hug too. So, yes. you know, I was, I was really, and so, um, you know, you look at something on Facebook, let's say somebody says, uh, makes a statement of uh, a political statement or some policy statement or something. And someone doesn't just write back, I disagree with you. They write back something like, you are the worst human being. People like you are ruining this country. You don't care about blah, 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 blah. And they go on and on. Well, the person who was just insulted, if you've ever noticed, they, they never respond by, by typing back, wow, thank you. I, I hadn't thought about that before. Uh, now that you've pointed out the error of my ways and what an idiot I am, I now renounce my beliefs and I'm on your side. You just don't hear that. No. In fact, what happens is the person who's insulted only becomes more uh, committed to their position, whether right or wrong. And so what people are doing is they are insulting, they're, they're accusing, but they are not influencing. They are not persuading. All right, so let's, let's talk about that. Why don't we start by defining influencing, persuading? Okay. Influence on a very, very basic level, and we'll start out there, is simply the ability to move a person or persons to a desired action, usually with the, within the context of a specific goal. That, that's, that's the definition. Now, it's the definition, but I don't believe it's the substance or the essence of influence. The essence of influence, Laura, is pull. Pull as opposed to push, or as we like to ask, how far can you push a rope? And the answer is not very far, at least not very fast or very effectively, which is why great influencers, effective influencers, genuine influencers, they don't push. Um, you rarely hear someone say, wow, that Steve or that, that Diane, she is just so influential. She has a lot of push with people. Right, she sure is pushy. We'll just <laughs> Never thought of it account. that way. Okay. Right. No, they say she has influence. She has a lot of pull, pull. with people right. because that's what it is. It's a, it's it's an attraction. Great influencers attract people first to themselves and only then to their ideas, and the best ones do this through understanding that. And I remember Dale Carnegie said this in his classic "How to Win Friends and Influence People." It was my favorite sentence in the book. He he wrote ultimately. People do things for their reasons, not our reasons. So a genuine influencer asks themselves questions to sort of check their own motives and make sure that, that their, their focus is, is correct. So they'll ask themselves questions such as, well, how does what I'm asking this person to do, how does it align with their goals? with their wants, their needs, their desires. How does what I want this other person to do, how does it align with their values? And when asking ourselves these questions thoughtfully, intelligently, uh, genuinely, authentically, not as a way to manipulate another human being into doing our will, but as a way of building everyone in the process, now we've come a lot closer to earning that person's commitment as opposed to trying to to uh, uh, get their compliance, right, which, you know, which is never sustainable. At, at best, it's not sustainable. At worst, it's a real turnoff. It's, you know, manipulation or it's force or it's uh, fraud or, you know, what have you. No. Um, we want to earn their 
commitment. Uh, one of my great friends, and I believe you know her, uh, Dondi Skumachi. Oh, love Dondi. Yeah, great leadership uh, practitioner, speaker, mentor. Talk about a wise woman, right? I mean, just she, she's the embodiment of your excellent book. You know, I mean, um, and, and I love what Dondi says about this. She says, compliance will never take you where commitment can go. Oh, that is, that's a tweetable moment. Anybody out there who's listening, you need to tweet that. Say that one more time, Bob. It's compliance will never take you where commitment can go. And, and it's at Dondi, D-O-N-D-I-S-C-U-M-A-C-I, at Dondi Scumachi, just so we can give credit where it's due. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's such an interesting concept that I think so many people don't think about, and it's all over the Go-Giver series of books, especially in the Go-Giver Influencer. Yeah, well, you know, you think about it in the, and you bring up a great point, in the original, right, what was the law of influence? Your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. Now, no, that does not mean that we should be a doormat or a martyr or, or self-sacrificial, not at all. It just simply means we understand that to the degree that we, we can shift from an I focus or me focus to what we call an other focus, right? Or as uh, say, I'm one of the mentors in the original story told Joe the protege, um, making sure your win is all about the other person's win. That's uh, uh, that's bringing ultimate value to another human being, right? That's the degree to which you are influential. So great influence is never about the influencer. It's always about those people whose lives we want to influence, whose lives we want to touch, whose lives we want to add value to. And that is the perfect way to go into our first break. We'll be back with more from Bob Berg, the author of The Go-Giver Influencer. We'll be right back. Bob, I've been getting texts from people saying they're just totally loving the interview and and the quotes and the comments. And and so this is great. And they just go, we just got three more other people to start listening. So I love it. (laughs) Thank you to everybody that's out there listening live. Please be careful if you're driving, listening to the show. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And, um, so do not text while you're driving. Yeah. Do not text while you're driving. (laughs) Please do not do that. The world today, we kind of talked about that, seems so contentious with all sides, really, Bob, not seeming able to come to any sort of agreement, like not even a compromise, which you talk about in your book, how compromises always somebody loses. Nobody really gets anything in the Go-Giver Influencer that comes out next week. Everybody can be bought everywhere. Books are sold and Bob and and John have some great um, pre-order things that you gifts that you can get. You, you talk about five secrets. How can they really help us navigate the world today? I know I have my favorites of them. Uh, <laughs> but well, yeah, the, well, the first one is, is simply master your emotions. Sounds simple. Right? I say simply. That doesn't mean it's necessarily easy to do, though there is a way to, to do it. But that's the biggest thing for most people because, you know, it's only when we're in control of ourselves, only when we can master our own emotions that we're even in a position to take a potentially negative situation or person and turn it into a, a win for everyone involved. And then you look, you know, on the other hand, when we allow, based on what someone else says or does, uh, and it pushes our buttons, right, and we allow ourselves to become, uh, whether frustrated or helpless feeling or, or agitated or 
angry, which is always the biggie, uh, then not only are we are we not able to be part of the problem, we're just as much a part, or not only not able to be part of the solution, we're just as much a part of the problem, if not more so than uh, than they are. So, um, yeah. So we we need now the challenge is the law. We may know this intellectually. I think we all do, and yet, uh, why is it that we do so often? get emotional and and we lose control and we get angry and we do the the counterproductive thing well we're human beings and and we are emotional beings it's how we're how we're built we'd like to think we're logical and to a certain extent of course we are but we're pretty emotion driven as I know as human, I am <laughs> yeah well and so am I we we all are um and you know that's very natural and as human beings we make major decisions based on emotion and then we we back up those emotion based decisions with logic we rationalize which if you break up the word rationalize it simply means we tell ourselves rational lies and, yeah, and we do that too. Uh, I'm sure I didn't make that up. I'm not that clever. I'm, I think I heard that years ago or something, and it somehow stuck. But the, uh, <laughs> um, but you know, we we do this in order to justify that that decision that we really knew we shouldn't have made, but that we did, or we justify losing control that it wasn't really our responsibility or this this or that. Well, here's the thing, Laura. Um, it's it's not that we're saying that you should become a, a, an unemotional robot by any means. It's not that we're saying you should forego your emotions. It's not that we're saying you should deny your emotions. In fact, that wouldn't to do that wouldn't be logical, right? Because we are emotion-based people. So, no, we, and we don't need to do that. There's no reason. Emotions are a wonderful part of life. They bring us joy. They make life worth living. Um, no, we're just saying make sure you are the master of your emotions as opposed to they being the master of of you. Or, uh, again, let's refer back to our great friend and mentor, Dondi Scumachi. I love what she says about this. Uh, I love the, what I call Dondi-isms. Uh, <laughs> She's got a she, lot. She says, <laughs> like by Berg-isms. all means. Huh? Like, I have a lot of Bergisms. Uh, <laughs> thank you. But she says, by all means, take your emotions along for the ride, but make sure you are driving the car. Okay, but how does somebody do that, Bob? Well, the first thing that we do is we uh, for, we'll, we'll, we start by understanding why it's so important. Because unless we think about it consciously, we won't change, and we know that, right? And and so we, if, if we feel that we, or we we see that we do these things a lot, we we lose control, we get mad, we get angry, even though we even when we know we expect this thing to happen, and we promise ourselves we're not going to, and yet we do. Well, we need to make a change if our goal is to be more effective. And so first thing, we, we recognize it. Secondly, to begin the plan, what I, what I ask people to do is picture a time, uh, or picture something that comes up quite a bit. It's that person at work. Maybe it's your boss. Maybe one of your team members. Maybe it's a family member or someone you just see or, or just a situation that happens that typically you kind of get angry. Uh, whether you express it or not, or it just burns you up inside, or whatever it happens to be. And you kind of let yourself go and, and, and have that feeling. Now, imagine the feeling you get when that happens afterwards. You probably don't feel good about it. So, but now what I want you to do is something different. Now I want you to picture this person 
they say or do the thing they usually do. Just so you know, we have about 30 seconds to news. Okay, thank you. And But we're going to do something different. Now we're going to get the feeling of handling it just beautifully, that we're able to respond, we're able to think about it, we have peace, and we say the exact right thing. And you know what? Let's continue after the break and look at what we can do to retrain our brain. That's perfect. We'll talk about more from The Go-Giver Influencer and Bob Berg. And John David Mann's new book, The Go-Giver, that will be out next week. You can buy it wherever books are sold. But we are here with Bob Berg, and we'll be back in just a few short uh, moments after the national news. So remember to master your emotions while you're listening to the news. Everybody, we'll be right back. Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. If you're joining us live, welcome on iHeartRadio. We're back for the second half of It's All About the Questions. If it's on podcast, you miss the national news and all of that and all the commercials, and just thank you for listening. We are here with Bob Berg, the author, along with John David Mann, of The Go-Giver Influencer, A Little Story About a Most Persuasive Idea. This is a book that everybody needs to read. I don't care what age you are. This should be required, required reading. If you go up to thegogiver.com, you can download some free sample chapters and, and just get some other really fantastic information. My copy, my advanced copy is so dog-eared, everybody, that I'm going to have to buy another copy of the book just so I can have a clean copy of the book. <laughs> Bob, this copy is, it's just hysterical how dog-eared I've, I've made it. And, and I take that as a great compliment. Thank you. Which is so different from when I grew up where it was like, don't bend the book, don't break the spine of the book. Now I'm just like, I write notes in the margins everywhere. It's It's truly a, a powerful book. So before the break, we were talking about one of the first um, secrets from the Go-Giver Influencer of mastering your emotions, and you teased us, so let's, let's keep going. Yeah, so um, what I'd asked everyone to do is just picture the next time um, you know, someone says or does something that elicits feelings in you that are less than positive, that perhaps cause you to make yourself angry and so forth, and you first uh, see it as you usually handle it, if it's negative, and how kind of yucky that feels. But now I want you to see yourself handling it beautifully, okay? Don't worry about the right words. That comes later. But just see yourself feeling calm, feeling relaxed, listening to the person without interrupting, or just even if it's something else that you're not even listening, but just that you are, are not upsetting yourself with it. You're just, again, as I like to say, handling it beautifully, okay? You're calm, you're serene, you're at peace. Then I want you to, in your mind's eye, just kind of feel that feeling, and how, how happy you are that you were able to do that, how good it feels to know that you are in control of yourself and in control of your own emotions. There's, there's, hardly, a, um, there's hardly a better, better feeling. In fact, let me read something to you from Orison Sweat Marden from his book, Peace, Power, and Plenty, written in 1909. He wrote, self-control is the very essence of character. To be able to look a person straight in the eye, calmly and deliberately, without the slightest ruffle of temper, under extreme provocation, gives a sense of power which nothing else can give. To feel that you are always, not sometimes, master of yourself, gives a dignity and strength to character buttresses it, supports it on every side as nothing else can. This is the culmination of thought mastery. Now, 
feel that feeling. You are a master of self. You're a master of your emotions. Okay, now, what I want you to do is practice this. Practice in your mind's eye, putting yourself in these situations and just see yourself again, handling it beautifully. Now, like an astronaut, before they go up into space, okay, he or she will run through hundreds and hundreds of simulations so that by the time they get up there and God forbid something you know happens, they've been there, they've done that, they now know exactly what to do and how to handle it. Now you might say, well, but uh, being up in space isn't the same as a simulation, not exactly the same, just like picturing a, uh, a situation with someone isn't the same as it happening. No, it's not the exact same, but it's close enough. Uh, as we know, the, the uh, subconscious cannot distinguish between what is real and what has been suggested to it over and over again. Now, you don't have to do this hundreds of times, but do this for, for a while. Do this whenever you think about it. And then the next time something happens where someone does say or do something that typically elicits your upsetting yourself, I want you to handle it beautifully, just as you've practiced, just as you've rehearsed. And then when you do, feel good about it. Feel really good that you are able to do that. And understand that if you can do that once, you can do that every time. Now, with that in mind, okay, there's a caveat here. Because you're a human being, you won't do it correctly every time. Sometimes you'll mess up. Sometimes I mess up. And you will get angry or emotional, what have you. But then that's okay. You can feel a little bit badly, but don't feel too badly about it because you'll have plenty of chances to, to practice even more. And I'm going to tell you something. If you will really make this a habit, it will, it will change your life. I mean, I can tell you that personally because it changed mine. I had deep anger issues, and I, I used to just go through this all the time, and this was something that I learned and something that I did, and the difference in my life was just, you know, 180. The, there's, you know, there's four other secrets in, in the book, which we're, we'll go into a couple of them, but everybody just needs to get the book because it's just so powerful. You, you talked about you used to be an angry person, and you didn't master your emotions. Mm -hmm. Does which I have a hard time believing because I've known you for so many years. Um, and just sometimes when I'm not mastering my emotions, I think of you and go, and it calms me down. It's hard to explain, but I'll say, well, how would Bob <laughs> respond in, in this situation? Your famous line from the, the go-giver, you know, the whole idea of don't react, respond. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really, which I originally learned from Zig Ziglar, by the way. Who is just, well, he's Zig. How can you, if you don't know about Zig Ziglar, go Google him, everybody. He's amazing. Uh, it, there, there's something about this concept of mastering your emotions while still having them that, to me, is, is such a core of the book. There's um, The coach says in the book, if you know why you're playing the game, then even if you lose, you win. If you forget why you're playing then even if you win, you lose. Mm -hmm. To me, that feeds so much to that whole idea of mastering emotions, yet, um, yet setting all the other pieces to that you write about in the book. Why is that such a core belief of yours? Well, I think it's understanding really who you are. And as we know, who you are is the key. That's, that's, that's where character comes into play. And it's living congruent. It's... It's, uh, you know, I always loved what Gandhi said about that when he described uh, um, integrity.
integrity, right, is when everything you and everything you feel and everything you say and everything you do are in alignment. And I think when we when we see people of character, and people of character are very influential people, uh, we follow those people. Um, you know that with people of high character, you you see that they they stand for something, and we always know what they stand for. Now that doesn't mean that they will that they don't make mistakes. Of course they do, right? It doesn't mean they don't course correct. They absolutely do. And it also doesn't mean, by the way, that they're not flexible on strategy. Sure they are. But when it comes to those values based decisions, they are absolutely immovable, immutable, and unchangeable. So even if we don't agree necessarily with everything we do, we will follow people like that. We will allow ourselves to be influenced by it because we know they're playing the game the right way. They're playing according to a set of values and that that those values are absolutely unshakable. That's influence. When Say that one more time because I think that's just so important, what you just said. Um. Which part? The, the part about the values. Yeah, well, they, you know, they'll be, they'll be flexible on strategy, but when it comes to the values-based decisions, you know, uh, they're immovable, immutable, and unchangeable. Um, they're just, you know, that, that's what makes them influential. We may not agree with them, but we will follow them. We will allow ourselves to be influenced by them. They, we know they have not only our best interests at heart, but they have the right interests at heart. There's another quote in the book that just jumps out at me with what you were just saying about the values and believing and, and knowing your why is, is quite a bit of it. They say, you've got something you believe in, so don't forget that. When people are going out there in life and in business, why is it so important for them to understand that they've got something they believe in when they're stepping out? Well, because the world is the world and lots of yucky things are going to happen, <laughs> right? And so we've got to know why we're playing and what we're playing for. Uh, you know, again, I think it, uh, it all goes back to, you know, hold, holding our values and living congruently with them. You know, when we have a set of values that we live by, it, it doesn't mean that a a certain decision might not be painful. It could be, but it's still easy to make that decision because when you when you create the context where you are disciplined to a certain set of values, you you, you couldn't even consider doing the opposite. Oh, that that's actually a perfect way to go into our last commercial break. I would like everybody to think about that. Think about what your values are. And also, are you mastering your emotions? We're going to talk some more with Bob Berg and look at another couple of five secrets that are unveiled in the Go-Giver Influencer. Go to thegogiver.com. We'll be right back. Bob, one of the secrets, um, secret number five, is something that I know I have a little difficulty with just because of the engineering brain of mine. You know, facts are facts, and, and and I know when... My mom's memory was increasingly getting worse. I had difficulty with it. And that's the secret of let go of having to be right. Mm. Can you elaborate on that one and give us some some 
ideas, clarity on it? Yeah, this is sort of that... Um, that you know, in, in most of our books, what John and I do is the first four laws. Although they can be somewhat counterintuitive, they usually sort of go head in the same direction. And then the fifth law is sort of an opposite that, at first glance, seems to to be totally counterintuitive. Yet when we look at it deeper, it's what brings it together. It's sort of what we call the four fingers and a thumb. And so this one is let go of having to be right. Now that does not mean you don't want to be right. It doesn't mean you don't prefer to be right. It doesn't mean you don't do everything you can to make the case influentially and persuasively uh, in order to attain the results you want. Absolutely. It's just that you let go of the emotional attachment to having to be right. And what this does, paradoxically, rather than make you less influential, it makes you more influential. Why? Well, there's nothing magical or mystical about this. It, it actually makes logical sense. When you let go of having to be right, um, you go into learner's mode, and you are able to take in much more, influ- uh, much more information than those people who, and you see this all the time these days, who suffer from confirmation bias, where <laughs> everything they see or read or hear, because they're typically listening anyway just to those people who already agree with them, um, that every piece of information they hear somehow confirms what they already believe, and if it doesn't confirm it, they just ignore it. Okay, so in other words, it's the the information that confirms what they already believe. They're they're already held uh, biases. When we let, and you can't learn that way. You cannot learn that way. So when you let go of having to be right, you learn. You 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 see the other side. You see that now. That doesn't mean you agree with them, but it means you go to understand them. It's said that you can you can never really uh, understand a topic fully unless you can explain it from the other side's point of view. And that's important. And that's why I tell people, if you're a conservative politically, watch MSNBC. If you're a progressive politically, watch Fox. And don't do it as a way to look for what you don't agree with, okay, and to be snarky and, and, you know, and, and so forth. No, do it so you can not, not to agree with them, but so you can understand why they believe what they believe. That's secret too. Step into the other person's shoes. It, it is, and that allows exactly, and that allows us to then uh, create a different. Uh, oh, and, and so let me just say, so the so the other thing with with letting go of having to be right. Because remember, most of these, as you just pointed out, they all kind of go together. They they build upon each other. But what will happen is when this person can see that you're not a attached to having to be right and making them wrong, they're much more likely to drop their defensiveness and be much more open to your ideas. So not only do you have more knowledge allowing you to become more persuasive, but the other person is, is, is much less defensive toward you. Remember when we started out um, at the beginning of this, this discussion and we talked about somebody saying something online and then the other person coming back and just insulting them? Yes. And right. So so what if that happens and someone someone writes something that is just scathingly insulting of you because they don't agree with your political view and they think you must be some kind of monster and blah 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 blah. Now, what if we were to rather than just reacting and insulting them, which again, 
is, is going to do really nothing. What if we controlled our emotions? What if we stepped into their shoes? What if we reset the frame, which is not secret number three? What if we communicated with tact and empathy, secret number four? And what if we let go of having to be right? But here's what we did. What if we, what if we responded like this? Let's say their name was Dave. Uh, and, and we wrote back, uh, Dave, I must say that I certainly admire your passion for your uh, for your idea, and it's obvious to me that you truly have a heart for people and that you care about people. Okay, that's the first part of it. And then you continue with, like you, I want to live in a world where people are able to, and then you state the point about what it is the other person wants, okay? And then you end with, I think probably our only point of disagreement is how the best way would be to accomplish that goal. So now you've done a couple things with this. One is you have not bought into their frame, but you reframed it from two adversaries to two people who have a common goal. Now, maybe this person is going to be that, by the way, I've had people apologize when doing that, and I've shown others how to do it, and they've said the same thing, but but it's probably not going to happen. That person may be so far off the, the reservation in terms of of their uh, confirmation bias or their feelings that anybody who doesn't agree with them is evil, and that's just how it is. But even if that's the case, let's remember this. In any online conversation, and in many uh, in-person ones, it's not just you and that person. There's lots and lots of other people who are observing, who are watching, and they're not saying anything, but they're listening. And, you know, some people are, and again, let's just take this in in the political context, even though there are others. Some people are so far to the left that nothing you say is going to matter. Some people are so far to the right that nothing you say is going to change. No, but most people the majority of people are either somewhere in the middle or they're slightly to the left or slightly to the right, and they are open to different points of view. What they're looking at, what they're, what they're observing are two things. One, on a logical basis, who's making the most cogent points, okay? But the other thing is this. Who is more likable? Who is someone they can relate to? Who is someone who they feel they can ask a question to and not have their head bitten off because they don't totally agree with them? So you can be influential even if the one person who you're engaging with, even if not with them, there are so many other people uh, who are watching, who are absolutely open to your ideas if they're presented correctly and in the right way. That's a beautiful thought. It it reminds me of a quote in the book from the coach at the end. He asks, do you know why people go into business? And they come up with, she comes up with lots of different answers. But at the end, you go into business to nudge the world forward. Nudge the world forward, yeah. So what, you're, what I hear you saying is that remember that if you, that any interaction you have can move the world forward or not. Yep, it, well said, very well said. And it, this book is just so powerful, Bob. We're in the last couple of minutes of the show. Um, I'd like everybody to remember to go to go to thegogiver.com. The book is The Go-Giver Influencer, written by Bob Berg and John David Mann. It launches next week, and you can download some free chapters and pre-order copies. Um, it's also, you have an audible copy. What would What's the last thought you'd like to leave my listeners with today? Well, 
I mean, I think it's it's any time we can understand that if we really want to to influence others, to be able to to move others, to be able to nudge the world, we've got to be able to to look at it from their point of view. Uh, we've got to, as, as John David Mann in, introduced a term to me that we ended up using in the book, we've got to listen, but not just with our eyes. We've got to listen, not just with our ears. We've got to listen with the back of our neck. In other words, put our whole being into understanding that person. You know, we say step into the other person's shoes, but remember, most people have different size feet. So we can't just naturally step into their shoes. But what we can do is we can be so interested in them. You know, as we we often say, the single greatest people skill is a highly developed and authentic interest in the other person. And when we have that, they sense it, and they'll be much more responsive to us and to our ideas. This book is... For me, it it really, and I said this at the beginning, feels like a culmination of yours and John's lives, and I want to thank you for sharing it with us, now especially, in this world. Thank you. I appreciate that so much, and thanks everyone for listening. I just went on Twitter and saw a couple people tweeted uh, the Dondi Scumachi quote. Alex Pertero and a few people. So thank you. And I, <laughs> you've got a great audience. Yeah, there's some stuff out on LinkedIn too. I saw a couple of things, <laughs> a couple of things hit out there. The book really, once you get to read it, everybody, you're going to be doing a lot more tweeting and sharing and, and nudging the world forward with this book. You've nudged my life forward, Bob. I know I'm getting kind of emotional about this, but I'm still mastering my emotion at the same time. <laughs> well, those are the good kind, you know. Yeah, those are the good time because, as you say in the book, gratitude is the secret to all mm-hmm. magnificent success. And, exactly. and I have such gratitude to you and John for oh, the likewise. words. Um, so everybody, go out to thegogiver.com. Grab your copy of The Go-Giver Influencer, a little story about a most persuasive idea. Get on the pre-order list. It launches next week, April 10th. If you're listening to this on the podcast it, and it's after next week, it's already out. Um, if you're listening to me live, go get the pre-order. I promise you, you will not regret purchasing this book. Uh, remember, everybody, the right questions can truly change your life. So what are you asking today? Remember to listen with the back of your neck and master your emotions. See you next week. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today. 